can believe in a lot of things. I can believe that, I don't know, burning a candle makes bad spirits go away. I don't know. I don't even know. But this is different. This isn't just something I choose to believe and I talk myself into it. This is a give and take with the creator. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in the church, and the broader Christian faith. Welcome back. I'm Paige, and this week we are again talking apologetics with reasons to believe, taking a look at the doubts that may have pulled us away, but the reasons that brought us back to Christ. This episode is part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn more about the guests in this series, about the resources we provide, or about the larger work that we are doing at studywithfriends.org. I think a lot of people have very logical arguments against the Bible's authenticity because not that it's not preserved the way that it should be, because we got those Dead Sea Scrolls and they show us that it's really well preserved. So I believed that the Bible is an accurate, that our current Bible is an accurate translation of what the ancients wrote. Mm -hmm. But then the question arises, is what the ancients wrote down accurate? Because ancient people are just people and people lie all the time. (laughs) So it's very easy to lie about things and ancient texts do it all the time because they're people. Um, So it's like, were they just making stuff up or were they actually writing down what was happening? The, The reasons that I thought that I found the Bible to be a trustworthy source is that A, there are multiple accounts of the same events in Genesis and Exodus um, from multiple cultures. Mm -hmm. So we do have some records from ancient Egypt. um, and and We call that extra biblical attestation. Extra biblical attestation. Can I cut in first? Please do. Um, cause that was one of the things, well, not another reason I believe, but like that was kind of when I was like, oh, this actually happened right. was when they found the chariot wheels in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cause also, you know, I love ancient Egypt, but I love ancient Egypt. <laughs> but I think that was like a big eye opening thing for me. Cause like, it's also like the thing you said, they can, people lie ancient, all the time, all the time. I like, I'm kidding. <laughs> I never said that. Well, I think I that's why the, the world was blown over by the Dead Sea Scrolls. Like for us, it's now just part of the norm. Mm -hmm. But in the early 1940s, it really wasn't part of the norm. And it's just, God is always right on time. Mm -hmm. And we, where's that replica I got you? It's right here. Oh, there it is. Um, But. Is that what they were in? That's what they were. That it's look, a little replica thing. of the scrolls. Of what they were in. It, she knows how I feel about the scrolls. Smaller, not to scale. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. That's like crazy. there, <laughs> and it's interesting because Lane mentioned it too. Like the more you look, actually, the more you see that God is real. Not mm. that it's not the other way. Not around. the other way yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. This also reminded me. I took a class this year called um, the History of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I do not go to a Christian university. Um, and so it was supposed to be very just like the guy was like a Buddhist and our professor. Um, and it was just like, that sounds fascinating. <laughs> and Tell <it> me more. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, it was all about like 
what can we say for sure we know about Jesus? Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting, like, going through, like, um, all of the, like, we learned all this stuff about, like, primary and secondary sources Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, and, like, Mm -hmm. how you know that stuff. And, like, we went through the Gospels, and, like, a lot of it he was saying, like, okay, like, we can't be for sure that any of this stuff happened, but, like, we have multiple accounts of, like, Jesus saying certain things, and he would say, like, but this is just some, like, peasant from the far side of the Roman Empire mm-hmm. from thousands of years ago, and we are sure that he said something, and that's yeah. just, that in and of itself is crazy. Yeah. That, like, mm-hmm. you, they and the Roman Empire has nothing. They have no records of anything. They're... Like they weren't. They, they mm-hmm. literally have nothing. At all, certain, like, like they went through phases of having good records, but it all not. Got, but when it all Jesus got like lost, around. and yeah. there's nothing there anymore. And like to know that someone from that time period, like for sure, you know that he like even said something. That's just mm-hmm. like wild. That that very. Like, okay, wild. I'm gonna jump yeah. in with a couple sources Bring on it. that. Um, Gary Habermas. Um, is in my opinion the best current apologist who works on what's called the historicity of the resurrection Mm -hmm. and he would tell you that there are in the ancient cultures two to three sources is considered really strong um and i'm not going to get this right but i think there's only like two sources that napoleon even existed like that's not right. <laughs> no, I think there, there's like there, like Julius Caesar. There's like no. There's like not. There's yeah. more evidence that Jesus was alive than that Julius Caesar yeah. was yeah. alive. So, thanks. If it w- if it's not right, I'm glad you corrected that. But he, Gary um, sets up there are eleven unquestionable resources sources that yeah. s- that prove that Jesus lived and died, and on the cross, and that's unheard of yeah in historical especially from someone who like he's not of status like mm-hmm. he's just yeah. like mm-hmm. exactly he's literally just like a carpenter and he from, was and yeah. considering the amount of people that the roman empire at the time were hanging from crosses mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. that wasn't that's like, right that exactly. was not there's like that two was other just people another that day. friday for them that's right that was just another that's friday. right so the other so the th- this is what I I started this series with my my fundamental reason that I believe that Christianity is true is because the resurrection is testable and provable. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm not making that up. I pulled a bunch of resources together. Um they're in the book, page 117. Um this is called the minimal facts approach and um it basically takes all of what we are sure of um, from extra biblical accounts mm-hmm. and tests which of it. So you see there are X's and checks, yes. which of what, what of the possible theories, one of which being Jesus actually did raise from the dead mm-hmm. and the other theories, which you may have heard like the swoon theory, the hallucination theory, legend and myth and so forth, which of these satisfies all of the minimal facts there's only four minimal facts you know that everybody agrees on but even if you just look at those actually that number is different depending on who you talk about but i just took four because that was the lowest number if you look at all four of those facts there's only one thing that satisfies all of those facts that everybody agrees on 
Mm-hmm. And it's that Jesus actually did yeah. come back from the dead. And so I'm really interested. I didn't mean to interrupt, but you you hit the note. And I was like, okay, we gotta, I got to give him a resource for that. Um, what did your professor end up saying? Oh, we weren't allowed to know. He Like what he oh. believed, he never told us. That was like the whole point. He okay, like, but that's I, all right. So yeah. what did you get out of the class? I just th- like that, like, I just like everything about like being able to like, take it down from like, okay, like I believe these things because they're in the Bible Mm -hmm. to like, I believe these things because they are like historically accurate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was like a really big thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I have a paper full of like things that, um, I want to, wanted to mention, I think I did mention on another recording, the historical accuracy. Like one of the things that was a big rub for a long time is the Bible talks a lot about the Hittites Mm -hmm. and there was no archeological record of the Hittite culture. And people use that for a long time to debunk the Bible. This doesn't sound like anything familiar to you because then they found like expansive evidence. Oh, they just found some new stuff of the Hittite culture. And so it's like, it's like (laughs) the, the, well, the, um, the sea is like the the low tide of the sea in um oh shoot where is it I put it on my story I was so excited about it um I, I forget where it is it's a Hittite culture though um one of the seas re- like, like receded. recedes yeah now at low at like around the year it, it recedes a lot and they have like a whole oh a whole new culture that they found I, it's a yeah, whole I new saw city that in the news yeah, it's Hittite but it's a whole new city. And, pe- and they're like, get in there, get in there before yeah. the sea comes back. And they did it a little bit last year. And now they have so much more access to it. And it is awesome. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt your process, although I think you got us a good way. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate how you built a system mm-hmm. that you could believe in. And I think that's such noble work because oh, stop. of what we're talking about, which is this blind faith will really you in the rear end if you don't i think if you don't some people can do it yeah and and i respect that too that <laughs> they're like you. i don't need to ask questions i believe and I, I actually happen to think that you know the fruits of the spirit the gifts of the spirit one of them is faith and there are some people who are like i don't need to ask all those questions i know what i believe is true and i feel like that is a gift of faith sounds a lot easier it's not my <laughs> personal well, bent because i am a natural skeptic Mm -hmm. but everybody gets there in their own way so there's no judgment here for how or why you believe there's no judgment i just think it's good for us to talk through different avenues different approaches because somebody's going to be able to relate to that um okay how about you missy i actually i think i relate a lot to gianna um when i was i think it was the summer going into my senior year of high school, like, I had, like, a crisis as well. And it was just, like, debilitating. Crisis girls. Crisis. I don't really know, like, where it came from. But I just, like, I am also, like, very, like, I'm very logical. I'm, like, I'm skeptical. And also my, like, family is, like, so like science like oriented that it's just like i need that proof then like Mm -hmm. if this is what you guys are teaching me my whole life then like i need proof and it's just like like my mom 
is a genius. Like, and like, if she, uh, I'm like, okay, if she can believe this, like, I need to know why. What's she her believes. PhD in? Physical chemistry. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, if she, like, agrees with the Bible, like, I need to find out those reasons yeah. because, like, I need to. And I did a very similar thing to you from like literally going back to the beginning and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, a building a system. Yeah, and a lot of mine like also had um, a lot to do with like science Mm -hmm. and I think for me one of the biggest things like the biggest evidence that there is a God for me is like um so the way that like math and physics like fit together Mm -hmm. is very like it's incredible so like math is just like like I don't know, like it's like kind of made up. Like, if you say like math, you think I've it's been saying made that up. for years. But it's <laughs> not. Like everyone thinks it's made up, but it's not. It's like okay. a description. Explain it like I'm five. Okay, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> math, like these numbers, are just a description of what happens in the physical world. Okay. So like two plus two equals four. That's not just like a thing. Like if I have two two plants. And then I guess there's only one more plant. I have three plants. Like that's <laughs> no. a that's okay, like a physical description. Ah, oh, four plants. <laughs> it's a physical description of what happens mm-hmm. in the world. And math like goes really far. And then like our physics kind of catches up to it. And it's like whoa, like that's real. So like an example of that would be like a long time ago, mathematicians like invented imaginary numbers so that they could take oh. the square root of negative numbers. So they could just go further with that math we find imaginary numbers come up in the equations for like um shoot i forget the name who's that guy isaac newton no <laughs> it's the only guy. I mean, we saw oh we stood gosh. on him it's the thing we saw, him, we saw his grave in london yeah it's a chemistry equation and it's the thing where like the particles exist and then they don't exist and there's the cat Oh, wait, um, what is that guy saying? Schrodinger's Wait, you said a cat. <laughs> you should have just started said, with and the then cat. there's a cat. And then there's the cat. Oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> philosophy, baby. I know that. <laughs> like the imaginary numbers show up in those equations on like the on like that level, like mm-hmm. on that small of a scale. But it's like they're like we discover them and like we made them up mm-hmm. a long time ago, but then they fit into the real yeah. physics and you mm-hmm. need them to make the physics work. Mm-hmm. And it's just right. like the math and the physics, like, that shouldn't be true. The way that, like, we can just, like, say, oh, like, let's just come up with the square root of negative numbers for fun. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it, yeah. like, but it's real and it exists. And it's, like, the way that they work together. And I don't know. That's just always been, like, a huge thing for me is seeing how intelligent design shows yeah, up and everywhere. shows up over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's just no reason... Another thing, this one um, pastor at school was talking, and he was, and he's, um, he has degrees in math. He's like incredibly smart, and he was talking about how, like, from an evolutionary perspective, we should have, we have no reason to be able to underthink, uh, like, understand things about math and science. Yeah, like, there's no reason for us to like. What do you care. mean? Like, it doesn't. Like, if you think about evolution, like, in terms of like, okay, like we get stronger and like adapt in ways that would just like help us survive Mm -hmm. and like theoretical physics doesn't help us survive there's no reason for our brains to be able to understand that unless we. you mean there's no reason for us to be curious like yeah like you're saying no No, like there's no reason that our our brains brains would be able able to to comprehend comprehend that like Uh. they're like unless we were like created in the like 
unless we were created to understand it like that. Like it, evolutionarily, like there's no reason for that. And that mm. was like something he was talking about that I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Because I didn't really I think about that of, ever. I've never thought about like that either. Because everything else about us is from some sort of survival. Uh, yeah, like you think like everything... Right. Everything that makes, like, humans and, like, even just, like, animals, like, adapt and change is, like, for survival. Mm -hmm. But, like, our brains, like, shouldn't be able to understand that. Right. There's no reason that they would ever evolve to that level. Because mm. it's not, like, helping us. Like, to a certain extent, like, curiosity would help us survive and, like, innovation. But not, right, like, but that, like... Right, but... Like, why do we Piper know about black can't holes? can't understand like, a black hole. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Like... You know, they like don't need to. She's like, a curious kitty. Yeah. And she goes outside and she smells the grass, but she's not doing theoretical physics. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's she's good. She's pretty dumb. Yeah. She couldn't if she tried. But, please. You know, when it, I, I was looking while you were, there's a book on my bookshelf. It's written by, I can't Many remember his first name, Allison. Um, it's it's been one of my favorite books. It was one. It's one of my favorite books from seminary. It's called Historical Theology. The reason that I really like this book is that it helps. It sort of. I was <laughs> when I was reading it for seminary. It 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 actually felt to me like you know how when you love like a novel mm -hmm. and you stay up at night and you're like with your little book light in the nighttime reading it because you can't put it down. That's how I felt about this book. And the reason I felt that way is because it takes us all the way from the ancients and explains how what we believe evolved. And what reminded me of this is what you, well, several things that you guys have all said, but what you just said, which is how are we even, one of the studies that is part of the, the, um, philosophy is the doctrine of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about. Like, how what do we know how do we know? What do we know? Can we know mm. anything? And so, I mean, this is why, I mean, philosophy majors get made fun of because it's like, what are you going to do with that? But if you're a super curious person, it does come, you have to keep backing it up. Like mm -hmm. you explained and you explained, I backed it all the way up. And that's what, that's, this, there are lots of books like this. But this was a really good one for me because it's like, oh, I mean, I just accept it. I accept a lot of stuff. And I, again, I'm a skeptic, but there's a lot of stuff. That I'm well, of course, are just like, like yeah. of course we yeah. believe in the Trinity. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. Why do we believe in the Trinity? It's right. like um, with Descartes said, like, if you have a basket of apples and one of them is rotten, you have to take all of them out. Yeah. And, and he said, like, he examined his beliefs one by one and put them all back in the yeah. basket. Yeah. And that was, like, how I felt. Like, that's, like, what I felt like I was doing. Yeah. Like, you have mm -hmm. to see every single thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And figure out what stands up and what is a little faulty. Um, for example, this past year, you know I've been a fan of Molinism for a long time. Big fan. And this past year, I was unpacking it, and I was like, ooh, okay, there's more to this. Um, what is that? Um, Joseph Molina, it's, do you know, do you understand? Do you, have you heard about middle knowledge? Mm -mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So basically it's, it's, um, it's about God's sovereignty. It's a little about a bit, a little bit about theodicy. That's T H E O D I C Y. It sounds like odyssey. So I wanted to spell it theodicy. 
And theodicy is basically every religion, every system of belief has to deal with the problem of evil. Mm -hmm. And so the problem of evil, for the most part, bunks up against God's sovereignty, for the most part. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, do you believe in a good God? Then we all observe and experience evil and suffering. How do we... These things sometimes for people bonk together. (laughs) Thus crisis. Um, And so you're in good company. Um, Most people who, you know, really take the time to examine their faith, that's that's a sticking point. And so one of the solutions for, um, okay, this is deep, but if we're all on board, I'll take us there. Dr. Strange metaphor. Not yet. Oh, okay. So one of that's the, um, but it's that's actually basically Molinism. Um, one of the solutions, this guy named Joseph Molina, he's like middle ages, he um, developed this theory, which is, I, I think there's truth to it, that if God is all-knowing and all-powerful and suffering still happens, how, how does that square? And what he said was, um, and William Lane Craig does some work with this too, um, God, before he created, in his infinite knowledge, which you have to like take a deep breath and understand what infinite knowledge means, he not only knew what everyone, okay, you got to kind of go out and, okay, okay. So he knew, um, he knows all of the past and all of the future. But he also knows what's called middle knowledge, which is what would happen. So it's all the possible worlds. Mm -hmm. And so it's if Gianna chooses this, then this will happen. It's the if thens. All the would, what would happen if all these strings, billions and billions of strings of people's lives played out in billions and billions of different ways. Mm -hmm. And God chose the best possible world based on everything he knew that could happen. That's basically Molinism. Someone's going to write me an email and tell me I have it completely wrong. But that's my understanding (laughs) of Molinism and middle knowledge. That middle knowledge is he knows everything that did happen, he knows everything that could happen, and he knows everything that would happen Mm -hmm. if people made different choices. Because the other part of this is how does free will fit into it? Hi again, it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you found some great truths to apply to your life and encouragement for your faith as you continue to mature in your walk with Jesus. We here at Study with Friends are modeled more like a small group. We want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry. And if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that seems to be a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email address on our website, studywithfriends.org. While you're there, you can check out a myriad of other resources we have that are all free for you. 
We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time when we study with friends. Mm-hmm.